Get your business together. Get yourself into what you do and see it through. Being boss is hard. Blending work and life is messy. Making a dream job of your own isn't easy. But getting paid for it, becoming known for it, and finding purpose in it is so doable if you do the work. Being Boss is a podcast for creative entrepreneurs brought to you by Emily Thompson and Kathleen Shannon. Hi, I'm Emily, and I own Indie Shopography, where I help passionate entrepreneurs establish and grow their business online by helping them build brands that attract and websites that sell. I help my clients launch their business so they can do more of what they love and make money doing it. And I'm Kathleen. I'm the co-owner of Braid Creative, where I specialize in branding and business visioning for creative entrepreneurs who want to blend who they are with what they do, narrow in on their core genius, and shape their content so they can position themselves as experts to attract more dream clients. And Being Boss is a podcast where we're talking shop, giving you a peek behind the scenes of what it takes to build a business, interviewing other working creatives, and figuring it out as we go right there with you. Check out our archives at lovebeingboss.com. Welcome to episode number 32. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. In today's episode, we're going to be talking all about fear. We're going to show you how to find the courage to work through the scary stuff so you can be boss. But first, let's talk about our sponsor, FreshBooks. So we recently surveyed over 600 of our boss listeners, and one of the biggest stresses that they all have in common is money, money, money. And trust us, you're not alone. A lot of creatives ignore the money part of their business because it's just too overwhelming to get organized, but FreshBooks is here to help you run your business and make you look like a pro while doing it. FreshBooks is built to support the needs of growing businesses. In fact, on average, FreshBooks customers double their revenue in the first 24 months. Ignoring your financial issues will not make them go away, you guys. It'll just make them worse. FreshBooks Cloud Accounting is safe, secure, and robust enough to handle all of your accounting needs, but simple enough that even us creative folk can get a hold of our finances. Make bank like a boss and try FreshBooks for free today. Go to freshbooks.com slash beingboss and select being boss in the how did you hear about us section when you sign up. All right, on to today's episode all about fear, which is one of my favorite topics to talk about. And so today, Emily and I are going to be talking about our own biggest fears as creative entrepreneurs and the patterns of fear we've seen from the hundreds of creatives we coach. And you guys, stress counts as fear too. So if you're feeling stressed, this episode is for you because stress is just fear in disguise. So we're going to be showing you how getting specific about what you're afraid of will help you find the courage and clarity to get back to work like a boss. So Emily, what are you feeling afraid of or what what are you, so you don't seem very scared. Like you're just not a like, oh, I'm scared kind of person, <laughs> but I do think that you can have stress in your life. So what are you afraid of? Or if you're not feeling especially scared, what are you stressed about right now? Ooh, stress. <laughs> it's funny that you say that. I never really thought about it like that. Um, but I don't really feel afraid of things, but I do get really stressed. 
sometimes. And I'll have bouts of, like, sincere stress. Um, so I guess at the moment, I'm feeling most stress in my life around, actually, I guess around buying a house. So we, uh, we found out yesterday, like, what we're pre-approved for, which is, like, many high fives went around. Like, yay for building a boss business that supports my life. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's hard. I mean... This could be a whole other episode, buying a house as a as your own boss, because oh. as someone who loves buying houses for fun, mm-hmm. uh, it's actually my, it's actually one of my side hustles is real estate, and um, and it's really hard to get approved for loans whenever you work for yourself, especially yes. uh, in the first two years. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, five. first two years is, has been hard, and that was always our thing before, um, is, you know, doing it within the first couple of years is super difficult, and doing it as a creative entrepreneur is just hard in general anyway, um, or as a self-employed person, it's really, really um it's not difficult. It is difficult to do. There are lots of extra steps and getting extra paperwork together. Um, I've told a couple of people I've never felt um, more in my life like I just wanted a job <laughs> because then the whole house buying process would be so much easier. But we have uh, found out what we're pre-approved for. So that stress in my life has completely just sort of gone away because we've just been sort of like slumming around <laughs> in a way um and, and I know every time we get together for recording an episode I'm like where are you yeah I know I'm always somewhere different which has been a lot of fun um but it has created some stress in my life not having not having a place to put my toothbrush down has been has been a big pain point I just want to put my toothbrush down and walk away from it and it'd be fine it's so simple things. yeah so it is so soon that will happen but um so in life one of the, a big a big stressor for me has been um, has been getting a house, but that's underway now. And in business, um, it's funny we had our our first real sort of business meeting yesterday since before we left on our trip because I was gone um, for between 40, 50 days, somewhere around in there. Um, and Corey, who is my developer and client support guy, um, has been traveling the South doing uh, drum corps. He's a, he's a drum corps teacher. So we've both been out of the studio a lot in the past two months. And so we were able to sit down and really look at all the things that have happened and the growth of being boss and the growth of indie shopography and the new thing that we'll be launching soon. And um, I think my biggest fear in my business right now is that we are growing too quickly um, or growing not too quickly, growing so quickly that I don't have the skills to keep up with it. Which is why I recently hired help. So, <laughs> um, yeah, growing too quickly, I think, is my current fear. And it's a real one. Lots of yeah. stress. <laughs> I, feel, I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. So, what about you? You, um, you're, you get stressed. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I've seen it happen a time or two. Um, what about you, Kathleen? You, you are known-ish around the online interwebs um, for being a pretty fearless bitch. Like, you right. you, you hiked Everest, and you um, buy houses for fun. <laughs> um, I wouldn't of? say that I'm fearless. <laughs> I uh, am in, in very afraid all the time. I just work through it. I, 
I don't let the fear dictate what I do or don't do. But more recently, I have been feeling more afraid and I don't really know entirely where it's coming from. I'm going to blame hormones I because I don't know. But, um, I did that I yesterday. Think, <laughs> <laughs> I think my biggest fear right now is FOMO, which... For those of you who aren't in on the cool kid lingo, I'm not. Please don't. FOMO me. <laughs> means fear of fear of missing out, oh. and I think that for me in life, it stems from becoming a new mom. So I'm afraid I'm either if if I'm not missing out on uh, watching Fox grow up, you know, I'm missing out on business opportunities. So kind of having to choose, like really prioritize things and choose things because I can't do everything. And, and that's another thing is that I've been trying to do everything and I'm starting to feel like I'm not doing any of it very well. So probably the same thing that you're kind of feeling as far as just growing too fast and not having the capacity to actually execute or keep up with all of it. But my fear of FOMO, missing out, is kind of, I think, whenever I dig a little bit deeper, is not knowing what to say yes or no to. I'm getting a lot of opportunities coming my way, especially as we grow the podcast and grow our businesses um, I'm getting more and more opportunities. So even speaking gigs, which ones do I take? Which ones do I not take? Um, dream clients, you know, but I mean, okay, another real fear right now, if I'm getting completely vulnerable, is we're usually booked out and have a waiting list going months out. Right now, we are one month into the second quarter of the year, or is it third quarter? I never know which March, April, May, June, third. You're one month into the third quarter. One month into the third quarter, and we haven't booked a new client yet for this quarter, which is, we've never experienced that. So right now I'm afraid that, all right, well, this is whenever this like awesome streak of business just ends. And I hate even saying it out loud because, like, what if I'm manifesting or making it true? So <laughs> if any of y'all need branding, holler. No, but, you know, it's funny because I was just telling my husband last night, I, I'm, I'm not not working, though. Like, I'm still busting my ass. So I having faith in the fact that if you're busting your ass, you're going to see the benefits in your bottom line. I just have faith in that. So I'm actually really not worried about that. Um but yeah, not not knowing what to say yes or no to, especially when it comes to new opportunities. And then I don't have a fear of failure so much, but a fear of not hitting my goals. Or like, in other words, I'm afraid of never being Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> you would. <laughs> and then I've always been a pretty morbid person. I wrote my first living will and testament whenever I was five years old. I got very specific about my funeral and what music I wanted to be played and what I wanted to be wearing and what I wanted my tombstone to look like. But lately, I've been feeling this like sense of urgency that life is too short. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and then also, and we've even gone there before whenever we're coaching our own clients. I think you and I both have said this, like, we're all going to die, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Just, so, but the, the dying thing, it's like, okay, we're all going to die, so just do it. But also, we're all going to die, so what's the point? I, like, right. wildly swing between those two concepts. Like, what's the point? And, well, I better just do it. Right. 
So those are my big fears right now. <laughs> this is about to be a really heavy episode, guys. I know. I should have brought my I should have brought my life coach in on this one. I, know, I, I was thinking a glass of wine, but okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So so I have a fear of of growing too big too quickly and not having the capacity to make it work and therefore fail in doing it. You have a fear of missing out, which is, which is huge. And, you know, I think something we all have a little bit. I mean, just earlier today I was reading through some emails and a client was talking about how she, you know, just says yes to every, everything that comes her way because she's, again, just sort of afraid of missing out on, on the next big thing. So it's something that, that we coach on, but we also deal with, yeah. um, and we also, the survey that we did with all the, all the people, <laughs> a, a whole bunch of being boss listeners, like really shed a whole lot of light on like real fears for everyone beyond that. Um, and let's, let's go through some of those because we, yeah. we have a good list of them. The first of which, um, the first of which is money. Yeah. The money fears go deep. And yeah. I, one of the things I always say is money is energy. Right. And that's one of the ways that I've gotten a handle on the concept of money. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, the fear of money, which is usually that there isn't enough or right. that there won't be enough, that it's right. going to dry up, that I can't pay my bills. Um, or that it's being misused. That's, mm. that's, I think, a common fear of people, especially like families where one person manages money and other people spend it. <laughs> Are you the spender or the manager? Um, neither. How about that? So you don't spend or manage your money? I don't. David manages money. Wow. Um, David pays all the things. Like, it's really funny. When we were on our trip, um, I did not get my wallet out of the car a single time. Like... David paid for all the things, um, and that's just sort of how it's because if I don't have to think about money, like I'll make it all day long, but I don't want to think about it. <laughs> I'm in the same boat. I'm the same way, but I'm I'm pretty good at spending it too. Good. So, uh, so another fear around money is uh, talking to clients about money. I think a lot of yeah. people are afraid of talking about money. Definitely. And so I think human conversations like this are good where we're talking about money and our fears of money and our successes with money because we're both pretty good at making money. Right. So um, I want to touch on the fear that there isn't enough. There isn't enough money. Yeah. That's where my money is energy mantra comes in. It is. And, and this is a mantra that I even repeat to myself constantly. Like whenever I'm in a slump and not making money, then maybe I'm not putting energy into the right place. I mean, like the money is energy exactly. mantra is genius. Kathleen, one of your best yet. High five. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so right now, like with the great clients with our right. first quarter, or I'm sorry, our third quarter going a little bit slow and it's also summertime and all of my friends that I've talked to are kind of going through a similar yes. thing right that now. That is a thing that I have always recognized in my business. The months of January, February, and July, August are always the four lowest months in income. Like, I can always usually pretty bet that I'm not going to book a client in July every year. Like, it's just sort of a thing. So don't be afraid. <laughs> right. No, so that's good to hear. And I think that's why it's important to talk about money. Yeah. And I think especially... 
for women to talk about money. I know that we have guys and girls listening, um, but whenever it comes to talking about money, I think it's something that could serve all women to talk about a little bit more. So find someone you trust and talk to them about money. And I'm talking specifics. Talk numbers. Um, But again, with someone that you trust. And so that's whenever I'm coaching my clients, I always ask them what their dream salary is. Mm -hmm. And they'll say... $60,000 $60,000 a year, or one of them said $35,000 a year. Another said $250,000 a year. The number is different for everyone. And the way that you get to the number is by actually looking at your money. Mm-hmm. So I know that we're always talking about fresh books, but that's how I'm able to look at my money in easy to see charts. Um, I also use mint.com on my phone. And so I can see what my budget is there. I know that you guys use You Need a Budget, YNAB. Yep, we use a lot of YNAB. Um, and and looking, at, looking at things like that, like I just said, like I don't look at the money. <laughs> and that's <laughs> such a lie. Um, because I don't manage it and I don't really even spend it that much. Um, but I do at least once a week, like tell David, like where are we at? Like show me the money. <laughs> yeah. Basically of, of where are we and um and how much we've made this much, how much we've spent, what the difference is, like what do I need to do? Like do I need to book another project? Can we hold off and just sort of hustle out our current projects at the moment? Um knowing your numbers is super important and there are tons of online tools to make it super easy for you so you don't have an excuse. So if you're feeling a fear or stress around money, Try using the mantra, money is energy. Mm -hmm. So if you're saying things like there isn't enough money or I hate money or money is a necessary evil, replace the word money with energy. So then you would be saying stuff like I hate energy. Does that make sense? No. Or there's not enough energy, which might be true, but then, okay, so for me right now, um, feeling a little spread thin, if I, if the statement there's not enough energy feels true, then it means I need to focus my efforts And if I can focus my efforts in a money-making area, then the money will follow. Um, And then talk to someone that you trust about money. And so for me, I'm going to follow my own advice. And I'm actually going to sit down with my husband tonight and just kind of go over our finances and just see where we're at. And what if we do have a slow month? And I'm going to sit down with my sister, who's my business partner at Braid, and just say, okay, where are we at? Because... If they're not freaked out about it and they're the money managers in my life, then there's no reason for me to be freaked out. It's just that I'm not looking at it. That is that is so true. Whenever we were on our trip, um, the first two weeks, I felt like we were leaking money. Like, I felt like we were just sort of spending it. And I was a little stressed out because we had no idea how much it was going to cost to travel the country and do all the things that we were doing. And um, I, was, I was feeling super stressed out about it to the point where one day I was like, I need us to look at the budget, David. Like, what? What is happening? How much are we just leaking? (laughs) And we looked at it and we had spent considerably less than I had expected or that we usually would in a given month, like by that point. Um, So just another one of those ways how looking at the numbers can help you deal with stress that may be completely unwarranted. All right, let's talk about another fear. The Another biggest one that comes up all the time is the fear of failure. And I have a hard time relating to this one. I think you do too, Emily, because we don't really frame up our failures as failures. We right. frame them up as learning experiences. Yes. And I think everyone knows that by now. I feel like enough brilliant people have talked about the fear of failure 
and learning from failure and how failure is good. It means you're growing, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Like we all know this, right? So um, I want to get a little more specific about maybe my fear of not hitting my goals. Because to me, that feels a little different than the fear of failure, even though it's pretty much the same thing. So coach me through that, Emily. Well, it's it's putting a cap on on your goals. Like, oh, launching a website, for example. <laughs> uh, if you just want to launch a website, you launch a website, high five, you made it. If you want to launch a website and reach, you know, 150 people in your first day, which for a newly launched website's lot, can be a lot for a new website, um, you know, reaching those goals that you set on launching a website can make you feel really down when you did the big job of launching a website. So, so thinking about your goals in terms of, um, in terms of numbers can definitely shift your perception of success and failure. Um, and being gentle <laughs> with yourself, I think is really important whenever setting first time goals. So this is something whenever we launch the podcast, we, Oh, I need to, we need to go back and look at some of those, some of those goals that we had, you know, we wanted to get like, I don't know, 5,000 downloads in the first, like, I don't know, month or something like that. Um, and launching something and within the first month getting, I don't even remember what the real numbers were, but let's say we got, you know, 3,000 downloads, like not quite to our goal, but still pretty damn amazing to launch a podcast and get 3,000 downloads in a month or whatever it was. Um, so let's, let's get specific, Kathleen. What goal do you have? Yeah. Okay. So here's one, like here's one is, um, one of our shared goals is growing the podcast yep. and specifically growing, let's say our newsletter list. Yes. And so one of the things that we are trying to do to do that is design worksheets, maybe for every other episode, right? Right. This week I just could not get to it <laughs> and it didn't right. happen. And so now Kathleen, did you fail? I failed. D did you though? <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, yes, kind you did. Of, and I was like, "Sorry, not getting to it." <laughs> like you did, but I, I don't know. I don't is it care. the end of the world? I mean, <laughs> no. I guess. So that's whenever I have to like kind of reframe my priorities. Um, is getting a worksheet out so I can get newsletter subscribers going to make me a hundred dollars today. You know, right. and so, no, not necessarily. Right. It'll make me $100 later, I'm sure. Right. But today, eh, today I need to bust out a blog post about branding. Yeah, I, I think what you have to do whenever you, whenever you work as hard as creative entrepreneurs do, and you can really get down about, like, the bad things. Like, you can have 100 successes, but one failure is going to kill your day. Um, so I think one thing that you have to keep in mind is like prioritizing your failures a little yeah. bit. So, you know, if, if you were to have made that worksheet, high five success, but you failed at meeting a big client deadline, like, I don't think I would have forgiven you for that. <laughs> I know, I know. And so, yeah, it is, um, I, I, yeah, it is important to prioritize. And so that's whenever I start to think about kind of the work life stuff, like what is right. at the end of the day, okay, getting morbid again, let's say I die tomorrow. 
Uh Am I going to regret not having done a worksheet or will I regret not spending an extra 10 minutes faking out Fox so that he'll kiss me? Yeah, right. (laughs) You know, or, um, or making sure, uh, in other words, making sure that my family feels loved. Now, this is where it gets tricky, though, because... A lot of people say this, like, what really counts at the end of the day is that your family feels loved. Okay, yes, but I don't want to quit my job and become a stay-at-home mom necessarily. Right. So I don't think that, like, so then I imagine my life on a different trajectory. Like, let's say I quit everything and I really did focus on my family. And I became a stay-at-home mom and my house is, like, all Pinterest-worthy and I was cooking amazing meals every day. Like, would I feel a sense of accomplishment at the end of the day? Like, if I died tomorrow, then how would I feel? I would probably feel like, oh, man, but I wish I I knew I had a gift for changing the lives of other creative entrepreneurs, and I didn't do that. Yeah. You know? And so it is a balance, for sure, and a little bit of a blend. Um, it all counts. But I guess whenever it comes down to, like, specifics, little worksheets, or even client disappointments or um, not hitting certain benchmarks, dollar amounts, metrics, at the end of the day, if you die, are you going to feel bad about it? Right. Well, and and it still goes back to that idea of each of those failures is a learning scenario. You know, if you actually today with the worksheet, like I emailed back and said, note, we're never promising a worksheet unless there's going to be a worksheet. <laughs> oh, so, because like, we promised it, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. I, I think we put it in the episode, and then someone ended up tweeting us asking us for the worksheet, and then we were like, oh, yeah, <laughs> <Oops>. worksheet. <laughs> so, and, and it, it simply became learning experience, and, and that's the thing. Maybe, maybe your failures teach you how to prioritize. Like, if you are not meeting, um, you know, website traffic, then you shouldn't be focusing on website traffic. Maybe you should be focusing on like social media to grow that website or something like that. It's about, it's still, no matter what it is, when it comes to failure, whether it's missing certain metrics or weighing out, you know, the blend of life and work, it's about seeing the things that you do fell out, fell at and prioritizing and fixing them so that, um, if you were to ask yourself, if I were to die tomorrow, would you be happy? You'd simply say yes. <laughs> right. Um, another thing whenever it comes to failure is like, what is the worst case scenario? All right. So let's get specific yeah. about this worksheet that I failed at. Like I didn't get the worksheet done. <laughs> right. What's the worst case scenario there? We disappointed a few listeners. Yes. And, that and they're sucks. like, and they're forgetting about it though, like five minutes later. Yeah. If they're I tweeting mean, at us like, hey, where's the worksheet? Oh, sorry, didn't get it done. They're not stewing all day over it like I might be. Right. You know, so just, I just need to let it go. Like the worst yeah. case scenario is what I'm saying is that it's not that bad. It's right. like a bruised ego and right. just well, feeling a little bit sad that I disappointed a few people. Yeah. We talk about the worst case scenario a lot and I want to <laughs> just talk about this for half a second. Yeah. Because I have found that my like... My talk about the worst case scenario is making me think about some really fucked up shit. <laughs> but like, why? I don't know. Like, it's just become such a habit to think. Um, like, I don't know. We're buying a house. So, worst case scenario. 
ooh, that could be a lot of bad stuff. Like, what if we get the house and the foundation is totally crumbled beneath it? Or, or like, have, you, could, could have be, you ever owned a house before? I haven't owned a house, no. Okay, so, right. see, because you're talking about that <laughs> stuff, and I'm like, worst case scenario, like, the foundation's crumbling, you're like, well... You get some peers put in. Like, the worst case scenario is even not that bad there. It, it is. It is. But I think the point is right, right. <laughs> that I think you should, I think at the same time, you should also weigh in the best case scenario. Because we mm-hmm. do talk about the worst case so often that I think it's really only super beneficial if you're pairing that with the best case scenario. So the best case scenario for us for getting that worksheet is now we know not to promise it unless we have it. Um but also will help us hopefully develop a system for making creating worksheets even easier so that we can more easily get those things out. Um, so so think, about, think about your worst case scenario and hand with your best case scenario so that, so that you don't find yourself thinking about really messed up stuff all the time. <laughs> well, and I think that like, okay, so my worst case scenario always boils down to dying. Right. Like, my absolute worst case scenario is that I die. But then the best case scenario for, I don't know, launching a new project or taking a risk and saying yes to something that might spread me thin a little bit is that I become a bajillionaire. Or the best case scenario is that I make a lot of really great contacts and really great friends and I'm able to grow as an individual or as a business. So, Looking at best case scenario and worst case scenario as far as like what to say yes and no to for me is huge. Um, and they're both at the like far ends of the spectrum. So usually the truth You're is going to find yourself somewhere happily in the middle. <laughs> but it's kind of like, okay, let's say before we started this podcast, um, if we had looked at the worst case scenario, it was that we got zero listeners and maybe we quit after, right. you know, a few episodes. Right. Uh, best case scenario is that we get dozens of emails a day saying, you've helped me quit my job, you've helped me build like a boss, you've helped me get over my fear of money. You know, all these things that we're actually getting emails about. Right. That's the best case scenario. Sometimes it ends up being better than your best case scenario, yeah. <laughs> which is a total possibility as well. So, so yeah, the fear of failure... Deal with it. <laughs> it's a really can, it's, it's like my best piece of advice because failure it's important. It's necessary. You are going to fail. Lily yesterday was jumping off the diving board into the pool and like hit her head, and it it was not a bad one. Like I got up and ran over there like a good mom, and it was it was fine. Um, and it was one of those things where David walked by and he was like, "Won't be the last one." Because Lily wants, she loves her scooter. She really wants to buy a skateboard and, like, really dangerous things. And, like, failure is going to happen. You are going to fall down. You are going to bump your head and break bones. You are going to lose clients. You are going to have customer service nightmares. And your website is going to, I don't know, crash one day. Like, those things happen. Um, So get over it. Expect it. Because if you expect it, it's easier when it comes. And then find the lesson in it and grow from it. So one of our boss listeners and um, Braid Method clients, her name is Stephanie Stiavetti. And she Mm -hmm. is a culinary artist. And um, I'll include a link to her blog in the show notes. She teaches cooking classes. And one of the first things that she makes her clients do is drop an egg on the floor Or, like, even burn a cake on purpose because 
failures in the kitchen will happen. And I think that's like a good place to think about failures because it's so um, tangible Mm -hmm. that, okay, I can try cooking this meal, but what if it's a disaster and tastes awful? That's, you know, that sucks because then you're not eating well. I think that's something that everyone can relate to. And she's like, it's going to happen, but it shouldn't keep you from cooking in the kitchen. So she makes him break an egg on the floor, burn a cake on purpose, just to show it's going to happen. It's not a big deal. You can move past the failure. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, a tactic for our listeners, go throw an egg on the floor. <laughs> there you go. No, I think uh, my mantra for failure is, like, I can't... I, don't even phrase things in terms of failure anymore. Everything is an experiment. Um, your entire life is an experience, experiment. And the mantra being test and change. Like, you're not doing something to do it right the first time. You're doing it to see if it works. And when it fails, you change. Um, so, amen. <laughs> amen to that. Because um, it's it's super important. Test and change. Don't think of it as failures. Think of it as an experiment in life and business. Hey bosses, I'm going to take a second to interrupt this episode to tell you that if you're liking being boss and you're ready to level up your game, we've got something just for you. Check out the Being Boss Bundle. It's Kathleen's DIY Coaching for Creatives and my Get Your Shit Together series bundled together at one low price just for you bosses. You can find that at lovebeingboss.com bundle. Okay, back to the episode. All right, so the next fears I see a lot of, they go hand in hand, and it's hilarious because they're opposites of each other, which are the fear of what everyone will think, but then also the fear that nobody cares or that nobody is going to buy your stuff or read your blog or listen to your podcast. So the fear of everyone and nobody at the same time. Right. It's it's a real thing. I think that's some, like, I know that's something that you coach on a ton. It's something that I hear all the time. Um, let's talk about what everyone will think first. Yeah. So whenever you're afraid of what everyone will think, you're usually afraid of two or three specific people. Oh, and you are, yeah. aren't you? Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're afraid of what everyone will think, which has happened to me, like whenever I'm writing a post, I'm like, oh, but what will everyone think if I write this? The challenge is to name five specific people that you're actually afraid of their response. And so um, mine one time, I was afraid of like what an ex-friend might think of a post that I was writing. And I was like, why do I even care what they think? So as soon as I could get specific about who I was actually afraid of, I was able to keep moving and just get back to work. Good. (laughs) And then I found that whenever people can't name someone specific, they're like, I don't know. It's just like, you know, in general, like they're just, that's just an excuse. Then they're just, you know, using the fear of what everyone will think as an excuse to not really live their most authentic, badass self. Yeah. I think that's probably the one that I find myself in the most. Really? Um, Yeah. Is is that like, okay, for example, I want to periscope. And for some reason, I just can't make myself really do it yet. And I don't know why. And I think it's, I think it's like what everyone will think. But I also could not name a single person. Like, it is totally just an excuse. Whatever, I'm totally periscoping later. Join me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I've done like one and it was okay. So I was periscoping. I think I was at the zoo and there was this beautiful butterfly garden and I was periscoping some butterflies and someone is like, show me your boobs. And I was like, what? I'm periscoping butterflies. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody got time for that. Um, oh, and then I periscoped my talk in Charleston at the Giant Oh, conference. you did? I watched that. Yeah. and did. But it's funny because my husband is periscoping it, and then it gives you the option to upload the video, so it's always there. And so he started to do it, and he's like, I don't need to do this, and then he shut it down. Oh, So true. only like half my talk is on there. <laughs> I should probably take it down anyway um, because I'm actually giving that talk a lot more this year. <laughs> There you go. Well, um, yeah, I think um, I think the fear of what everyone will think usually does just end up being an excuse. So, like, I like the idea. Just sit down and think of names. If you can come up with names, really think about what that person would actually think. And if it really matters about what you're doing. And if you can't name anyone, I don't know. One of my, one of my fears of like what everyone will think, sometimes it's actually the fear of like, well, what will Emily think about this agenda? Or what will my sister think about this design or this We'll send it on over and I'll tell (laughs) you. Well, but that is more of like a, a fear that kind of actually holds me to a higher standard. So that fear isn't bad. Like that fear is probably actually pretty a good motivator for putting out the best work that I can because um, you guys hold me accountable to doing the best work that I can. So that's something else I was thinking about whenever it comes to fear and like characteristics of people who are fearless. I feel like they hold themselves accountable to something outside of themselves. So whether that's a business partner or an audience that they really respect. Like, we really respect our audience that listens to being the Being Boss podcast, and we don't want to let them down. So they hold us accountable to putting out the best quality podcasts or um, making sure that we have really good sponsors supporting this podcast. Um, they hold us accountable. Yeah. And it makes us a little less afraid. Well, and, and I think, I think again, the key there is, is reframing your fear, is, you know – Fear of what someone will think shouldn't keep you from doing it. It should make you work harder. Um, Yeah. And, you know, fear of failure shouldn't keep you from doing it. It should encourage you to try and learn from your failures. Um, So let's go to the next one. All right. The fear of nobody. The fear that nobody cares. This is my big fear. (laughs) I do this a lot, actually. Just saying that out loud. That's something I say. Well, whatever. Nobody cares. (laughs) bad. The fear that nobody will listen, nobody will buy, nobody will read, that nobody will acknowledge that you're a creative alive in this world putting out really hard work. Oh, those are (laughs) lies to yourself. Those are just lies. Um, That's one of those things where I'll get really preachy and that you don't know that. Like, you have no proof that no one cares. And this is, this is one of, like, I usually say that out loud and then I just get over it and do whatever it is I'm doing. Um, because That's you That's a don't. good mantra. Like, what's the proof? Yeah, exactly. What is the proof? Um, and if there is no proof that no one cares, then someone cares. In which case, <laughs> it is your responsibility to put it out there. Yeah. Um, 
so a couple things. One, this kind of relates, but I think the feeling that nobody cares is also a feeling of not being connected to your work. And I was recently talking to my coach, Jay, and he told me that whenever he's not feeling super connected, he reminds himself, apparently he read a story that Mother Teresa didn't feel connected to her work or, yeah, connect, like this is Mother Teresa. She didn't feel connected to it for years, but she still showed up and did the work because she was accountable to all these people that she was helping. So um, I think that's part of it. Like if even Mother Teresa can get to work and not feel connected, like you can do it too. But um, I think the feeling that nobody cares I love that. Like, what's the proof? But then also looking at who are your biggest fans, um, who is actually supporting the work that you do. And then finally, whenever Tara and I first started Braid and we weren't getting a lot of client work, I remember visualizing, this really helped, um, visualizing that all the energy that I was putting into launching this business was making its way out there. And I would imagine that people, I also did this whenever we whenever I didn't get a lot of comments on my blog post, which is like a metric that I cared about. Um, and I would just imagine people reading the post and smiling, you know, so even yeah. though they're not like commenting and hitting reply. And so same thing with the podcast or um, any of the work that I do, I imagine people receiving it and getting it and liking it. So it's kind of that best case scenario where I'm imagining the best case scenario of nobody caring that somebody yeah. is caring yeah I think I think if you are putting your heart and soul into something and if you are creating something of value people care and if you're not getting the response that you need it's because you're not packaging it right um, or you're not positioning it correctly uh, one of my favorite like being boss podcast stories um, is whenever we did our interview with Paul Jarvis and he was saying that, or maybe I listened to this and something else he did. I don't remember. Paul Jarvis said this. Um, but he was talking about his creative class and how the first time he launched it, he didn't really have anybody sign up for it. And all he did was repackage it. Um, he relaunched it. And at this point, I think he's had over a thousand people sign up for his creative class, which helps freelancers like do business, um, which is huge. So if you are hearing crickets, like if you do have some proof, that nobody cares, try repackaging it um, and repositioning it and making sure the people who should care because it will help them are hearing about it. Um, because <laughs> test and change, you're not going, or the chances of you getting something right like that the first time um, is pretty slim. Sometimes it takes people years to, um, to launch things. Uh, J.K. Rowling in the Harry Potter books, she's sent out like hundreds of letters to publishers um, to get Harry Potter published. And most of them turned her down for many reasons. And now it has amusement parks. Like, <laughs> people cared. And if you, and actually, I think like overarching here is that you care. And if you care about the content that you're putting out there, that's proof right there that someone does. You just have to find people who share your vision. Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right. So one of the last fears that I want to talk about is the fear that you're going down the wrong path. So this is one that I'm seeing a lot lately and I really need to, I want to explore it a little bit more. And maybe it's even a fear that I'm starting to have with that fear of missing out. 
Um, so the fear that you're going down the wrong path, we just got an email or I just got an email today from someone who subscribed to the braid newsletter. And one of the things I do in that autoresponder is say, Hey, hit reply and let me know what one of your current stresses is. And hers is that she's in her fourth year of psychology at a university. And she's afraid that she's not tapping into her more creative side. So I, I think that what I would tell her and probably most people is that all the experiences that you're collecting along the way down your path are experiences that will help shape your unique offerings or your unique position to the rest of the world. And then another thing I want to say is that there are there aren't multiple paths. You're just one person. So your path is your path. That's it. I think that you can uh, maybe not like the scenery on your path. So, hey, guess what? You need to put one foot in front of the other and keep walking until the scenery changes. That's my feeling about being on the right or wrong path. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I, that's, it's so, I, ugh. Ah, that's a good one. Um, I did a free coaching call the other day with a girl who literally, this is the exact stuff that she was talking about too. Um, she needs, like she wanted, it was time for her to redo some of her like, uh, nutrition coach licensing and massage therapy licensing and things. And she was really just sort of thinking about like not doing it and it, would it be a mistake not to redo it? And in, in my, my advice to her was similar to yours. Like, Everything you do in your life has some sort of purpose, whether it's now or it will come back to help you in the future. Um, do what you're doing and keep going. Well, and then one thing is that you can, uh, I guess what I want to point out and something that I've been telling people a lot is that you can always change your mind, that you are the driver of your bus. You can always change the route. You can always change the scenery you're the driver. Like nothing is happening to you. You are making it happen and you can change your mind. If you don't like what is happening, you can change your mind. Um, so I think maybe just taking accountability that you are in charge of your life and that you are in charge of your path and the things that you see along the way. Amen. All right. So last fear. You have, you have fear number six on here. I don't know. I, that's empty. Oh. So there are five one. fears for the day. <laughs> I don't have another fear. Um, I'm sure that there are more, but I was wanting to kind of focus on the ones that are coming up in conversations recently. Yeah, well, and I think I think the the theme here with with fears is that it's just about switching your mindset. It's about changing how it is that you think about all of this. Because if you look at everything on the surface of I'm scared of not having enough money or I'm scared of what everyone will think, then yeah, those are kind of legitimate fears. Like, But whenever you look deeper, and you should, because no fear should just lay on the surface, um, whenever you look deeper, you find that, you know, you do have enough money or you at least have the capacity to make as much as you want. Um, or if you're really afraid of what everyone think and thinks and you're naming those people and you can't name anyone, then that's fake. <laughs> so it really is just about changing, changing how you think about your fears, look a little deeper and then just keep on hustling it out. Um, you know, nothing great comes from you not doing anything. 
and fear has a great way of debilitating um, our abilities to create. Um, so find reasons to get over your fears or at least put them far enough on the back burner that you can keep going until it's time to face those fears. Because um, that's something I find a lot too. People are afraid of what's going to happen. You know, if I launch a business and it doesn't meet that two-year, you know, failure mark, that's two years from now. Like, you have <laughs> yeah. no idea what you're going to accomplish between now and then. Um, maybe it does fail in two years, but for two years, you learned amazing things. Um, so, so really think about your fears. Um, they're real. They're something that Kathleen and I face daily. Um, but it's not something that we ever let stop us from doing what we, at least in this moment in time, are here to do. And that's to encourage you guys to keep going regardless of your fears as well. Yeah. So. And, and I think that, you know, I, I want to amend that a little bit is that I don't think fear is real. I think fear feels real. And if you give into that feeling, you are wasting your energy. You're doing yourself a disservice. You're doing your potential dream clients that you could be helping a disservice or your readers or listeners, whatever it is that you want to put out into the world that you're not because you're afraid. Um, it's a waste of energy. And it's not fair to yourself or to anyone else around you to make decisions based from fear. So we're going to follow up this episode with another episode. Maybe I shouldn't promise this. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to do it. <laughs> but either our very next episode or the one after that, because we may be having a special guest coming on next, um, is we're going to be talking about getting specific about your dreams, getting dreamy, getting specific about what you want and how to talk about what you want so that, um, so that you can make it come true. Um, so stay tuned for that one. And we'll try to make our dreams a little less morbid. Kathleen, that's your goal, okay? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I know. This it's is why fine. I have a coach. I have a coach, too. Like, I have... Yeah, I well, have uh, that's actually something that I do want to touch on. If you don't have the capacity in this moment in time to get over your own fears... Find someone to help you. Um, I know, like, especially, well, business coaches, life coaches, if you, if money is a thing you are sincerely struggling with, I have no, like, recommendations, but I've seen... No, I do. Our Being Boss Bundle is a great... Oh, yeah. For the, well, fear in the ass. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's good for, like, general fear, but I'm thinking, like, money coaches. Like, money oh, coaches yeah. have been popping up all over the place lately. Um, so if you do sincerely struggle with your fears and they're sincerely inhibiting your ability to create, then find, yeah, find a coach or a therapist because there is a difference, um, to, to help you out. There's nothing, nothing shameful in that. If you're afraid of what everyone thinks, because you're getting a coach or a therapist, Think about who those people are <laughs> and don't let it stop you from, um, from doing what you are here to do. Um, cause there's nothing more like sad and like, yeah, it's just sad. So one of the things I do, sorry, I just want to touch on this really fast too. Like if you, if you're not working with a coach, one of the things that I do and that I recommend to my clients do is to find people you know, so role models who are rocking confidence and rocking that courage 
and write them down. So like we all know I love Beyonce. So sometimes when I'm feeling stressed about kind of balancing work and life, I'm like, where Beyonce has a kid and a husband and an awesome career. So I can do it too. Um, find someone that you respect and admire and write down all of the characteristics that they have and just hold them in mind, like as your patron saint of whatever. So for me, it's Beyonce is my patron saint of badassery. And uh, if I'm starting to like get down or get, uh, kind of indulge in my fears, I think, well, what would Beyonce do? She would not be sitting around being sad about whatever. She would get to work. Or maybe she is, but she's totally drinking out of her pimp cup. Like, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So, (laughs) so, um, and, and, or another thing that you could do is if you have a friend who's particularly fearless, um, or courageous, I should say, because most people do have fears. Uh, ask them, invite them to lunch, buy them lunch and pick their brain a little bit and just say, Hey, what does confidence mean to you? What, what are some things that you're afraid of? And whenever you can see that we're all in the same boat and a lot of us share the same fears, um, it, it'll make you a little less afraid or it'll make you realize that it's a normal thing to be afraid, but it shouldn't keep you from doing what you're meant to do. If you like Being Boss, be sure to sign up for our newsletter at lovebeingboss.com, where you'll get episode worksheets, secret content, and other goodies delivered straight to your inbox every week. Again, that's lovebeingboss.com. Do the work, be boss, and we'll see you next week. And then, oh, there's something else I wanted to add to that. What was it? Damn it, I hate when I forget what I'm saying. I don't remember. Damn it! (laughs) I do it all the time. Cut that section out, Corey. Um, Have you been meditating? I have been. I've been going, uh, I've been going on my grandmother's back porch, which is like a jungle in the south. It's hysterical and amazing. And uh, I've been doing yoga and and meditating to the, to the, um, cicadas. Oh, I like that. Well, I was, um, forgetfulness is one of those things that meditation can improve. Yeah. Well, which I need. I know my forgetfulness is. I don't blame that on hormones too. Let's just blame everything on hormones.